Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the first team, Joe DeLeon, Ryan Roberts. Today we've got another scouting report episode. We did the two top guys, Olu Fashano and Joe Alt. Go check that out if you missed it. But today we've got two other fantastic players. A lot of projection in this one, I would say, Ryan, with J.C. Latham, the former top tackle prospect in his class, and then Amarius Mims from Georgia. So I think that's a really good summation to start us off here, Ryan, that both of these guys a lot of traits. We don't fully know if Mims is going to be able to project to his capabilities because he's only played a couple of games. And Latham, on the other hand, was very inconsistent last year and had a lot of ups and downs throughout a lot of his games in the 2022 season. So right now we're kind of just trying to figure out, can these guys hit? And I think the ceilings overall are pretty high for both these guys. They are. They are. Uh, Joe, first and foremost, man, you need to start getting better with hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast, five star okay. reviews, well, maybe all that you should, I'm just Maybe messing. you should do that. Maybe I will do it. Do I will do it. It's a good point. I should be doing that. Go drop a comment, uh, yeah. hit the like button, and then also subscribe wherever don't, you're listening. Don't do this to appease me now, sir. Don't do this to appease me. I, but you, well, you, you know what? I should be doing it. Yes. Before we continue on with this video, I just want to tell you folks about an exciting new partnership that we have with this channel with Underdog Fantasy. Ever since I joined, I've been having so much fun. There are so many different exciting games that make watching games during the offseason more exciting. I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but it has made it way more entertaining since I found Underdog Fantasy. And my favorite game to play so far, which I think you should try out, is Pick'em. It is so easy to play. Just pick higher or lower on your favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it simple. With their easy-to-use website and mobile apps, pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use code HACK, H-A-C-K, HACK, like the name of this channel. Use code HACK to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Go sign up. You won't regret it. You're going to have a blast. Check out Underdog Fantasy. I also want to tell you folks about our other reoccurring sponsor that we have on this channel, that being BetOnline, BetOnline.ag, which has all the updated odds, news, and anything for sports betting. It's my go-to source for when I want to be betting specifically on games. I love betting on college basketball or the NBA, uh, especially again during the offseason. Always looking for more fun ways to be uh, focused in on some of these other sports. It's BetOnline.ag and use promo code BELIEVE50. It's promo code BELIEVE50 to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. We we our podcast is the Amarius Mims of podcast Joe because the upside is limitless, sir. It's absolutely limitless. Yes. But I no, I mean joking aside for a second. We're talking about two guys, Amarius Mims that is listed at 67330 and JC Latham that is listed at 66335, although I don't think he's quite that big, at least he wasn't mm-hmm. in, during the 2022 season, but regardless, we're talking about two massive dudes two former five-star recruits, two SEC offensive tackles. So I think that this is a really good parallel and mirror to work off of today because we're talking about third-year juniors. 
We're talking about guys that still need more playing time. We're talking about a little bit of rawness, but we're talking about dramatic upside. So I think that this pairing is one of the ones that makes the most sense because these are the potential risers in the 2023 class or 2024 class, excuse me, guys that could potentially, if they hit challenge to be one of the first offensive tackles off the board, or they can be guys that maybe should go back to school another year, you know, or maybe they're not quite ready for the prime time of NFL football. But regardless, talking about a lot of tools, man, a lot of length, a lot of foot quickness, a lot of strength. There's, there's, there's some stuff to get excited about on today's show, man. There really is. So starting us off with JC Latham, I'm already prepared to know that I'm going to be higher on Latham than you are just from previous conversations that we had. I understand why he was graded as high of a recruit as he was. Physically, he checks every box. We talked about, you know, the fact that he's listed at 6'6, 335. I I think he's pretty close to that. He's got a big ass. And I always write that down when when guys have a, a massive wide lower half that to me is very important for being able to anchor properly dude i see the the flexibility without a doubt like i see all of that the inconsistencies as a blocker absolutely shows up i think his his angles his awareness his decision making is not great but the tools as we're talking about here he moves really freaking well the way he yes. springs out of his stance the footwork again that recoverability is amazing but we just don't get it consistently enough to really have a um an optimistic, a fully optimistic outlook where we'd be talking about him as highly as we talked about Olufashanu and Joe Alt. So he is a former five-star recruit. He's from Oak Creek, Wisconsin originally. Went to IMG Academy, Mm -hmm. I believe, during his senior year, maybe his junior year as well, but at least his final year, he was at IMG Academy. And we know why people go to IMG Academy. They're developing to be the best football players possible. That's that's why. It's basically a prep school for future NFL players. I mean, that's really what IMG Academy is. J.C. Latham, Joe, I agree with you. I don't think we see him very differently from a talent perspective. My guy is massive. He's got really nice length. I don't think it's quite as long as what Mims is, but almost nobody is. (laughs) We'll get to him, obviously, in a second. And he started 13 games for Alabama during the 2022 season, all at right tackle, obviously, with Tyler Steen manning the left side. The... I think the assumption is that he is going to kind of do traditionally what Alabama's done. The starting right tackle, now going to move over to left tackle. We've seen Alex Leatherwood do that. We have seen Evan Neal do that. We have seen some guys in the past make that. Even Jonah Williams was a guy that started off as a right tackle and then eventually moved to left tackle. So the thought process is J.C. Latham makes that move. And I think that for me, there's a lot to love about JC as a first-year player in his first year starting in 2022 because you mentioned it. Length, full quickness is really good, really good. I do think he has some flexibility to him. I think that there's going to be some recovery ability for a player like JC Latham. I am just not ready to go there quite yet with what we saw on film with 2022. Could be a massive riser, I'm telling you. There's, mm. there's just a little bit of volatility in this one because he plays on his heels a ton. And he doesn't really play with violent hands all the time. When he gets his hands inside, he's got some stupid force, man. He's a powerful kid for only being a true sophomore last year. But I really think that there was just some plays, man, where I'm just like, you you just, he's not, I just don't think he's advantageous enough with with his base. I don't think that he plays enough on the balls of his feet. I think he really plays on the heels. What was the one rep I, I sent to you? He was playing against 
Derek Hall, I think, from Auburn was a guy yeah. that got him several times in the Auburn game. Where I look at him and I say six six, and if he's anything close to three thirty five, I think he's more in the three fifteen to three twenty range. But either way, that's semantics. Like that's still good size. I don't think he plays with great anchor at the point of attack consistently. Foot quickness, great. Upside, great. Length, great. I just think that there's just a maturation that really needs to happen. I think that there needs to be a harnessing of the power profile, and I think he needs to play less on his heels or else more powerful rushers like a Derek Hall are going to be able to get into his chest and take advantage of him from that perspective. Right. That's where I'm at, where I think all of the physical tools, they check every box. Like There's not going to be a lot of tackles that we talk about in this class that physically can move the way that he can and position himself and quickly place himself in proper positioning to win reps the way that he can. But what kills him and what hurts him is what you just talked about, poor technique. And I also think to take that a step further, a lot of times, especially as a run blocker, I think he plays with very poor positioning. He plays a little bit too high. And then I've also noticed – Yeah. Yeah, his angles aren't great. I also noticed as well what, what tends to pop up uh, as a pass protector, is that he l- just constantly opens up that inside shoulder way too much. He allows way too much uh, inside penetration, which that is the fastest path to get to the quarterback if you open up that inside shoulder. He really needs to work on being a lot stronger at that spot. Um, but I-, I don't know, man. I just I feel like with all of that, with all these physical tools that he brings to the table, like th- it- it's it's there for him to be a first round pick. There's no reason why he can't be a first-round pick. And if Anton Harrison could go in the first round where he did, that's where part of my projection comes with this is that if Anton Harrison could go in the end of the first round to the Jaguars after not progressing one bit at Oklahoma. Uh, he, I mean, he was, him, he was a lot better in 2022 than he was in 2021, Joe. Don't, don't say he improved, that aggressively. He improved a little bit. I don't know. I wasn't very excited. Yeah. I wasn't very excited about him at watching both years of tape, but uh-huh. – my whole point here is if Latham can make a slight progression, I don't – and I would argue that Latham is much better heading into his upcoming cycle than Harrison was. At the same point is what you're saying, right? Like the the, yes, the, the, the offseason before his yes. final year potentially. Yeah, yeah I get there. I yes. get there with that. Yeah. I, I think – J.C. Latham is going to be in every first-round mock draft, and he should be. He should be at this time of mm-hmm. year because there is a season that still needs to happen. I feel like people get too upset over mock drafts and stuff this time of year because you have to put projection into the conversation. You have to. You have a whole season that's going to be played. The draft's not happening in a month. The draft's not happening in a couple of days. The draft is several months away, and we still have an entire football season to play in 2023. So I, I think that you have to have projection in there. So I'm okay with J.C. Latham being in that conversation right now. I don't think he's that guy on film. Like, like Joe Walt right now is that guy. Olufushano is mm-hmm. pretty close to that guy. All, there's just the, the conversation between the ceiling and the floor is where my struggle comes with with a guy like a JC Latham. That, that's my only reservation. And I would also argue, and again, this isn't this isn't apple to apples all the time because we're we're not we're not doing the helmet scouting thing. But some offensive linemen that have come out of Alabama who have been really talented over the last few years weren't incredibly advanced from a technical perspective. So I have some doubts whether he's going to be that more technically refined entering the NFL because I saw, like, Evan Neal was a guy that was one of the most freak show athletes we've ever seen at offensive tackle. Would you say, though, that he was a really technically advanced player entering the NFL? I wouldn't. I would just say he was incredibly talented. Alex Leatherwood was a guy who was never developed. And I think that people... 
I thought Alex Leatherwood was overdrafted. I think most people did, and it turned out that that was correct. But it wasn't a lack of talent at why Alex Leatherwood hasn't been in the NFL. I mean, go look at his testing numbers. Go look at his length. Like, he's a very talented dude. Just technically, he just wasn't that guy coming out of Alabama. So, yes, JC has a full season to do it. I think he can do it. I think he has the talent to do it. But I just struggle if he's going to develop quite enough for me to be comfortable in this conversation several months from now. But we shall see. Things can change, obviously. So as I said, I'm very bullish on him. So I currently have him as a top 50 player. I, I think that he's oh, good fair. enough to be considered to be a top 50 player in this upcoming class. I mean, I, I would firmly he's, take him he's in. physically talented enough. Sorry, it's the better way to put it. So we actually don't see this different at all. I would firmly take him in the second round. Firmly. Like I, I, so oh. I, I would say maybe top 64 player instead of top 50 player, okay. like you're saying. But like, yeah, I mean, it, he has the talent and the upside in development to be a very good starting offensive tackle in the NFL. So, yes, I'm taking gamble on traits in the top 50 to top 64. Like, yeah, I, w- I would take this kid in the second round. I just think that we're going to see a lot of mock drafts. And I've already seen some mock drafts, Joe. Yes, he's the first or yes. second offensive tackle taken. I'm like, no, guys, we're not there yet, man. We are not there yet. Could we get there? <sighs> it's possible. But that is a massive projection if we get there, honestly. It's a massive one. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that we we kind of have already done this where Latham's name is thrown in as a top 10 pick. And I, I don't think that we're there yet, but it's certainly – he's going to get drafted way or higher than his actual grade because it's positional value anyways. Yes, he is. But I, I just feel like some people early on in this process will mock him incredibly early just because they're going to look at his recruiting profile and be like, oh, 13-game starter last year at Alabama and he was a five-star. He's got to be good. And it's like he is yeah. very talented and he is good – but he's not there yet. Like, can we be fair to this evaluation process that he's not quite there yet, but he has the talent to? I mean, I, I don't think that that's unreasonable to have that conversation. We literally did this with Eli Ricks last year. Yes, we, we literally did. did this with Eli Ricks. And please don't do this to JC Latham. Don't do this to him because I think uh, Latham's a lot more talented than uh, than Eli Ricks. Eli Ricks. Ryan, starting us off with Amarius Mims. Um, yes. Barely played last year because of incumbent starters that were ahead of him. But the minute he had the opportunity to step in, he freaking shined. What background do you do you have on this kid? So he is another five-star recruit. He's out of Bleckley County in Cochrane, Georgia. So he stayed in the state. Six foot nice. seven, 330 pounds, was a backup, saw some reserve time in 2021 as a true freshman. This past year, he was another he was also a reserve offensive tackle. The crazy part, Joe, is I don't know if you remember this, but after the 2021 season, he almost ended up transferring to Alabama. That almost happened. He literally <laughs> entered the portal. Could you imagine almost- Latham and Mims on either tackle spot? That would have been ridiculous. <laughs> then you could have moved, moved Tyler Steen inside, man. It would have been like, brother. <laughs> that would have been a very good offensive line in that situation. Yeah. But yeah, so he almost transfers. He comes back for the 2022 season. And he's not a starter still. They had... Obviously, Broderick Jones at left tackle, and then they had Warren McClendon, who started a decent amount oh of season at right tackle. Terrible. Uh, terrible. I don't should think, never have happened. I, I agree that Mims should have started over McClendon much earlier in the season. I agree there. I wouldn't say yeah. he was terrible, though, Joe. He was a solid player. He wasn't a great player, though. Sure. Sorry. Sorry. You're so Fine. hyperbolic, man. You're just so hyperbolic. It's Damn right. <laughs> Either a guy's great and elite go to make the Hall of Fame or he sucks. Yes. It's just like, no, oh, man, I don't they're, do they're, that. I don't do that. But Warren McClendon was not a good football player last year. Okay. I didn't think he was very good. Well, there was a reason, to your point, mm-hmm. why he was replaced down the stretch of the season. The first game that I yeah. saw of Mims was against Ohio State, obviously, in the first round of the playoffs. I think he may have also started in the – 
I believe he started the last three games of the season. So I think he started the SEC championship game. I think he started the two playoff games, I believe. So he, we're only talking about a kid that's only started a couple games, man. So there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to be like, guys, what are you talking about? You're talking about a three-game starter as a draft prospect already? And I get it, folks. I get it because I'm yeah. one of those guys that's like, guys, can we let guys play a little bit? It was like the Anthony Richardson thing last offseason. I'm like, guys, he hasn't played yet, man. He started like one football game. Can we relax nah, here? screw it. Yeah. Screw it. Let's get excited. But you put, <laughs> you turn on the Ohio State game, working against guys like JT, a defensive end, working against guys like Jack Sawyer and Zach Harrison. And I saw a lot of games where JT gave some dudes some fits, man. Absolute fits. Amarius Mims shut him down, Joe. Like, shut him down. This kid is stupid long, 6'7", long arms. I mean, I think we're going to have a great conversation of who has more length, him or Chawalt, at the end of the day. Like, it's going to be a really good conversation, in my opinion. And he has, for a guy that is built the way he does, where he is just like a hoss, he moves incredibly well, man. And he plays controls. I'm like, I'm watching him. I'm like, if this is your first or second start ever against Ohio State, then, man, I can't imagine with you like, with a full offseason of playing offensive tackle right. and starting. I mean, he's going to start at left tackle this year for Broderick Jones, obviously, as he departed. I think this mm-hmm. kid has the upside to challenge as one of the first offensive tackles off the board, man. Like, I think that this is that kid. Again, massive projection because he hasn't played a ton. But if you're talking about height, length, athleticism, and flashes of dominance on film, what's not to like about Amarius Mims outside of him just having lack of experience? Like, there's just nothing not to like about him. So you talked about the athleticism. Like, that's obviously yeah. the big thing that we get excited about here with these tackles. But the two other things I want to add in here why – I love what I saw every little bit on tape. The effortless power that he brings to the tackle position is frightening. There's some reps where he's just, it's almost like a a love tap. It's like just a little pop and guys are going right to the ground. The fact that he can do that without generating much force is pretty frightening that he has that power profile that we almost didn't even get enough of a glimpse of because he's not really, it almost feels like he's not engaging himself that much. He's able to generate that much power that easily. That to me is a big plus. But the other thing too, for a guy who's played so few games, the nuance and understanding of where to place himself and his body control is very, very significant. There were a lot of reps where I thought that he was able to win by just understanding where to put himself that would deter and disrupt the flow of where a defender was going. Two plays that really pop out to me from Ohio State, Joe, that I wanted to highlight. One was he was on the backside of a zone play. And it was supposed to be a reach right from the backside. Mm-hmm. It ends up almost being a down block. And then someone cut off his butt as a runner. And he took number 58 for Ohio State. I don't know who he was, but a defensive tackle. He took him out of the screen, man, and then pancaked him. I was like, holy smokes, man. Because that kid's a – I mean, I don't know what 58 is on the roster, but, like, he's a defensive tackle. So he's got to be 290-plus pounds. Has to be. The natural power there is just bananas, man. Like, I can't even fully quantify it. It's one of the, as a sophomore in college, one of the more incredible power profiles I have ever seen. And then the rep that was the most silly in that entire game, in my opinion, and you highlighted it on your on your thread, was there, yes. was, a, there was a pass blocking rep against JT where he just stayed 
you know, in good body positioning and, and just kind of stalled him at the line of scrimmage. Joe, JT is 270 pounds and incredibly strong. It looked like he young boyed him, man. He was just like, no, yes. no, no, no. And then JT just looked helpless trying to get off this block, man. I'm just like, that is a man amongst boys right there. And he's playing <laughs> against a kid who might go in the first rounds next year and doing that to him. Like, it's wild, mm. man. Amarius Mims is a pure upside projection. I fully admit that. But the traits this kid has is just bonkers, man. I've never seen anything like this. I Here's hyperbolic, and this might be a little bit of just overzealousness off of watching his film, but he might have the best power profile of any sophomore I've ever watched. Like, he really might, man. Wow. He is just silly. He could sit down against anyone. It's just like not moving. The kid is made on a completely different planet than Earth, dude. I don't know where he's made, but he's insanely talented. Just to highlight some of the things he does need to improve on. Sure. I, I think play that, more. He needs to play more. <laughs> well, yes, that's the most obvious one. But um, I think his hands just can improve. I think his hand placement's a little bit inconsistent. Um, I, I feel like there's a, a handful of reps where guys are just knocking his hands off a little bit too easy. He gets a little yeah. bit too wide. Like that's really simple stuff. The fact that like that's all we're really talking about is pretty crazy that we're not saying like, oh, he needs to fix X, Y, and Z. I just think it's like a little bit of a technical refinement of, have better hands and get more reps under your belt so we can properly project you. Yeah, because I think that he plays with decent bend too, right, man? Like, he's not stiff either. I think that there's some plays no. in the run game where he could probably fire out and play a little with a little bit of better pad level, but it's not where in this egregious, like, Blake Freeland manner where I'm just like, Blake, you got to get lower, brother. Like, you just got to get lower. He has flexibility. He has length. He has strength. Here's a hot take, I guess. I would be shocked if he's not a top 15 pick in this next wow. draft if he comes out. I would be shocked. I, Joe, they don't make guys like this, man. I'm not, I don't no. think I'm making hyperbolic when I say this is one of the more gifted offensive tackle prospects that we've evaluated over the last few years. It doesn't mean he's going to end up being the best player. It doesn't mean that he's even going to end up being a huge riser in this class because you never know what the development's going to look like in the season. But if we're just talking about 6'7", 330, long arms, athleticism, strength, profile, like what's the negative here from a physical perspective? There's no negative from a physical perspective. The only negative is that he hasn't played enough. That's the only negative. Well, see, that's the only thing is that he he theoretically could just fall off a cliff. Like that's theoretically possible. And we've seen it happen before. Could he though? I hope it doesn't. I, I hope it doesn't happen. Cause like, what if, what if he just shows up and he's in his head or something and he just, well, Joe, I would, it, I would say even if, he played, a bunch. even if he played average to below average football and he still came out for whatever reason, I think he would still go in the top 50 just because you'd be like, dude, look at that athleticism right. though. Like, just insane. Right. Like, I, I don't know, man. I just, I think baseline, this kid's going to get drafted very early, but I think he has the upside where if, if you told me today that he got drafted before Olufashanu next April, I don't think you're crazy. If you told me he got drafted before mm. Joe Walt, I don't think you're crazy. I don't. There's a massive projection to it, but I think it's possible because offensive tackle, traits matter so much, and this kid's traits are stupid. And in the limited opportunities that we saw, by the way, against Ohio State that has Multiple guys that are draftable players and pretty early draftable players next year, he dominated them. Like he made it look like he was just toying with them at times. I, I don't know, man. I might be too bullish on this kid right now, but I just see this upside. I'm just like, if he's developed just adequately, good, good development, not even excellent development, 
I think this kid's a slam dunk first rounder. And I think he goes top 15 just based upon his athletic traits. As long as he's not an idiot off the field. Like I don't know him personally. I don't know his background right. in that regard off the field, but as a football player, this kid has every tool in the book, man. Every single one. Well, for that reason, I did give him a top 50 grade. Um, nice. There's a little bit of projection there. Cause like I did, I, I didn't want to go higher than that because sure. two games is just not enough to make a decision off of. And I, I know that we, we kind of clown that thought process on this show, but I can't go higher than that until he's played more and he's put strung together more consistent reps. But I'm on That's the right. same boat as you, man. This is a first-round pick. He's going to be a first-round pick. When it's all said and done, he just needs to play a little bit more. And I think at the end of the cycle, we're going to be talking about him a lot differently. 19 to 32 is what I would grade him right now. And I know, again, it's a limited sample size. But as long mm-hmm. as he is just the same player they was against Ohio State game for an entirety this year, I think he's a first-round pick. And I think he could challenge for being the first offensive tackle at the board. I really do. If he puts it all together and the other two offensive tackles being Joe Walt and Olu Fashano just are good, but maybe don't take massive step forward, then I think that Adarius Man- Amarius Mims, excuse me, I keep wanting to call him Adarius, Amarius Mims has that type of rise potential in this class. Well, that's going to wrap us up on at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Drive. Folks, we'll be back with another Scouting Report episode. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.